0: Hello, Miami Nice listeners. Um, This is Katie Walsh. I just wanted to hop on briefly before this episode and offer a little bit of context um, and also to talk about the sort of unexpected hiatus that we took on the podcast. So this episode was recorded in late May, um, right before the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States took on a new urgency After the murder of George Floyd and also after the murder of Breonna Taylor at the hands of police officers. Um, I don't know how any person can witness the brutality of those murders and the violence that the police here in the United States unleashed on peaceful protesters without coming away from that um, profoundly changed. I know that I came away from it profoundly changed. And as the United States is going through this painful reckoning with how we understand the function of police in our everyday lives, um, that my personal beliefs have also radically changed. And I firmly believe that we need to defund the police in the United States. So that has also radically changed my... Relationship to cinematic representations of the police. Um, and obviously that means our favorite undercover vice cops, Crockett and Tubbs, from Miami Vice. So in the heat of all of the uprising and the protests that were happening in early June, um, I attended a protest here in L.A. Um, and was involved in donating and doing whatever I could to sort of understand what was going on um, and changing our relationship to policing here, I just didn't really feel comfortable um, doing a podcast about a film that had um, police officers as protagonists. Um, I was going through a lot in understanding my own – beliefs in the way that they were changing and and coming to adopt the defund the police movement. Um, and I just didn't feel like it was the right time for me to talk about it, for me to promote that. And I just I couldn't do the podcast in the same way. And honestly, I think my approach to this podcast will probably um, be changed for the duration. Um, I I am changing. Our country is changing. And so my Uh, relationship to this film is changing. Because as a critic, it is so important for me to um, position films within cultural context, um, whether that's what they're trying to say about the world in which those films were created, or how we understand those films um, in the world that we exist in today. So as a writer, I have tried to tangle with depictions of law enforcement, Um, But things have changed so uh, dramatically for me and for our whole country since June um, that I have really needed to take some time. And I know a lot of other um, critics and writers have started to um, look at their own relationships to depictions of law enforcement and film and TV as well. Um, And even the industry is starting to question those things too. So There was always necessarily going to be a change in how I related to this film, um, and I had to just process that. Um, But I do think that this podcast is the type of place where Blake and I can have those conversations and kind of unpack the way we we feel about this film and, and to talk about the complicated and, and challenging feelings that we might have about cinematic depictions of um, law enforcement. And I do think that one of the interesting things about this movie is that it is nuanced. It's not necessarily just copaganda. It is something that is um, dealing with different shades of morality and right and wrong. And, Um, It is interesting to see um, how Michael Mann uh, evolves in his career and how he approaches depictions of law enforcement. And that's something that we can definitely talk about. Um, So thank you for your patience. And I hope you enjoy this episode, which, as I said before, was recorded a few months ago at the end of May. But it was such an entertaining conversation about the women in Miami Vice and I wanted folks and fans of the podcast to be able to hear that, so here it is. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to Miami, nice. Welcome to Miami, nice. <laughs> oh, this is Mojito
1: now the time. fourth episode. Mojito time. And because it was serious, as we said in the last episode, just got a little something-something. A little, something, something, little, little nice. sidecar. A little sidecar, that, as Katie called That's it.
0: allowed. <laughs>
1: um, uh, because... You
0: know, right now we just
1: need to supplement. The mojito. Yeah, we just, you know, just alternating <laughs> feelings for the day. Um, last time we <laughs> talked about handle Handlebar Mustaches extensively uh, and Sam Elliott. We talked about on our second episode, accents of three characters. But... Mm this episode we're going to talk about something that like both of us genuinely love about this movie and I think is underrated deeply about this movie. And that is adult relationships.
0: Yes. And you know, I, I will admit that I didn't really appreciate the relationships until I started watching the film more. Mm. And, you know, I think the first time I saw it, it was just like, oh, God, they're in the shower again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, but now it's like when, when you kind of can, you know, when you're just taking in separate elements of the movie um, repeatedly, as we are, um, or, you know, on that rewatch. Which is something that people say about Miami Vice all the time, that it's so rewatchable. Like, I just appreciate how adult the romantic relationships are. And, uh, you know, the shower scene with um, Trudy and Tubbs, I think, is so interesting because the first time we see nudity or intimacy is like this very sweet moment where they're just sort of washing each other's backs and having a little moment and it's like very sweet and it's totally looks like the kind of moment you would have with like a serious partner. And it's not, you know, salacious and no. yeah.
1: So well, I really, starts th- out, it starts out really tent. Like I was looking, <laughs> it's going to be, anyone who's listening to the show is going to love this. It's like, I started today watching that scene on a loop now. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it wasn't for the reasons that everyone is going to think straight away, but just wanted to see how the scene started. And the scene actually starts with like a guy, you know, like Jamie Foxx's tubs pouring over his cuticles. Like he's like, he's in the shower, his hands are in the shower, man sort of gets his hands there. He's sort of like washing himself. He's a million miles away. And then the gorgeous Naomi Harris obviously rolls into the shower and we just get this like very tasteful, but also like one of those sort of sexy moments where you're like, man, these, to have all of the right shape and all of the right <laughs> muscles. They are just outstanding. It's like, thank you, Michael Mann, for this early giving me a moment where I get to appreciate the, the naked bodies of these two beautiful people. Mm-hmm. But you're so right. Then it just transitions into like, I'm going to wash his back. It's not unusual for these two people who have done this. And then he's like, I'm going to bounce. And I love this, the intimacy of this scene, because in so many like crime movies and just any action movies, action thrillers, when there's like a relationship that is burning really hot, but you know, it's just going to explode and go into cinders. It just all like everything's so quick, but he's like, I'm going to bounce. And he's like, then he goes down to lay in bed and she's like, bitch, I wash your back. Yeah. You wash mine. You know, this is how this works. And so it's really nice to actually see that, inversion a little bit and that little bit of playfulness and fun and how that all like transpires because up until this point, there's really no like lead that they're together.
0: Right. I was going to say like, this is the first indication that we have that they're a couple and you're at first sort of like, Whoa, like what, why is she walking into the shower? But then the warmth and the intimacy between them is like so natural that you're like, Oh, they're obviously longtime partners. So Um, yeah, I think he captures that really well. And um, the framing I noticed in, in all, all of the sex scenes for the most part is really on faces um, mm. and both of the faces together. So um, in the sex scene with Jamie Foxx and Naomi Harris, like it's mostly on his back and then it's just their faces and then maybe a couple little insert shots, but it's not... It is really about their connection and not about like salaciousness or like, yeah, these guys are getting laid, buddy. It's like, <laughs> how about we have a a real relationship between equals? And he like really cares about her. And I think that his care for her is like his driving factor throughout um, the movie and why he takes this situation so seriously. Because he, he fears for her. And
1: it's such a nice, it's a nice sex scene because- it starts out completely. It 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 completely changes your expectations of what their relationship are, but what the movie is when it's talking about male and female relationships because it's like it starts out with him performing or fake performing really badly, and she's like, oh, why? you know, you just
0: like <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah.
1: just joking, and then like yeah. they laugh, and and then it becomes a little bit more tender and sweet. But it's just like not every movie is going to be the bad sex experience, and not every movie is going to be the like the the terminator one michael Bean and 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 linda (laughs) hamilton sweatbox experience it's going to be like a a a tender relationship that 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 something happens or like and you know whatever it is nine and a half weeks or like people go to the (laughs) fridge and you know eat eat a three-course meal off of one another like that's not what this is it's just it's like a really sweet um connection together and it actually it's like it's a connection that kind of make it's so funny like it has a blushing effect on you sometimes when you watch it and and it, and it's funny cuz it goes into the next scene with Colin Farrell as Sonny, he has a bit of a blush when he sees Trudy in the in the robe Oh, mm. have I lost you.
0: Oh, oh no, now oh, we're you back, back on. Yeah.
1: Okay. Got you back. Cool. But yeah. yeah, he has this moment where he like he's sort of blushing and she's like, "Hey Trudy." Like, "Hey yeah. Sonny, Like, start talking. I'm not just a woman. Oh, and he's like, oh, sort of shaking out of like, oh, yeah. sorry, we can get back to work now. Right. This is not an awkward couple moment.
0: Right, right, right. And yeah, I, I love that. I mean, it, I think the thing about the that sex scene that's that's great is like, it, it does feel very realistic and authentic and that like, yeah, it's not going to be some like crazy athletic thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, going to just be like, ha ha, we're like joking around with each other. And yeah. And then I love how you know exactly like what you said where she's just so sort of like unabashed like who cares like you know i'm i'm in a relationship with him so like get over it we're all working together um so yeah i i I really love the women of miami vice and especially naomi harris who's just so great and how she's good you know aside from the relationship aspect like both of the main female characters trudy and isabella are sort of introduced as these like I think I said on a couple episodes ago, like these like heavies, like Trudy is sort of like hanging back. I mean, we see her in the club in the beginning, but then in the scene with Nicholas, she's like, I'm gonna, you know, fucking beat your <laughs> ass up or whatever she said. Like she, I was just rewatching it and she, has to, she gets some pretty good licks in on him, like. Um, <laughs> she's like, fuck that. She's like, yeah. fuck that.
1: I love it. she points out him and says that, it's so good.
0: And then, it, and with Isabella, it's like, you know, we only see her in that, that uh, my other favorite scene with Jose Yarrow and, and, and Jamie Foxx doing a tete-a-tete. And she's like in the corner, like, you know, like we just don't even look- see her. She's just yeah. like, I'm the bad guy in the corner. So they're like the kind of men, the, you know, they're, they're absolutely equal on the same level. And, but the relationships that they have with these guys are like very adult and very intimate and very um, tender. And I love that, when they go to Miami or to Cuba, uh, sorry.
1: Uh, the Cuba stuff is, the Cuba stuff's outstanding. Like, I think if you were to watch, if there's like, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times, Michael Mann himself, like at the beginning of the commentary track for what's called like the director's definitive edition or whatever. Um, it, and it, he, he, he sort of, he sort of starts the whole commentary track out with this whole like diatribe about like, it's the director's cut was what I shot in the theater. Like that was it. And Essentially, what he's done is shot a more close to the shooting script version of the movie before he changed his mind for what was actually theatrical release. It's like I'm going to put a few things back in. If there was one thing that I wish was in the theatrical release, like because I think it's superior, it's the coffee house conversation with Trudy and Ricardo after their engagement with like Archangel de Jesus Montoya. Like when they have that van scene, there's this amazing scene. Mm -hmm. and um and i'll I'll go and get the actor's name because he's just absolutely yeah i i can't remember
0: his name off the top of my head but it's like lewis
1: lewis tozer is the guy's name he's so great and he does this great scene and he's sitting there with isabel is his money manager Mm -hmm. he's sitting there with the boys and he's like i don't buy a service i buy a result he has that great scene we're going to talk about it on the show eventually but i'm just sort of glossing over it for context um and he says like you know and i wish my best to your family and right the boys in the theatrical cut don't get the extended scene that happens in the director's definitive edition, which is at the end of them driving away in this convoy of like vehicles that has like CIA telephone blocking <laughs> technology. Um, they have, when their phone signal comes back up, he calls Trudy and is like, how are you? Is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, like she's in their safe house. She's in their fake safe house where they were. Talking previously, and she's like, "Oh, thanks for the five hundred dollars worth of yellow roses." Yeah, and that is, you know, Archangel Jesus Montoya's like signal of like, "Hey, I, I know who works for me. I know where you're vulnerable. I know what's going to happen." And in the director's definitive edition, the cafe scene is directly after that. Is a scene right. where, where Tubbs goes to Trudy and is like, "You're in danger. I don't know if we should pull the plug." He knew where you were. Like, I don't know if we should allow that. And it's this great scene cuz she Naomi Harris gets like to steer the movie back into the direction that we eventually take which is like no we knew he was going to find me he should find me like he should find me
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: think about me because you're in a much more precarious position than me like I'm still in the United right. States you're undercover in another country dealing drugs if you get caught this whole th- shit goes down and it's such a great scene for her agency to be like no our relationship's important but if you think about me and that distracts you from the job that you're doing then you're completely fucked and you need to figure like you need to yeah be focused on the task at hand otherwise you're in deep 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 trouble and so i love i love that like in this director's definitive edition she has such a big part in like no stay the course and then basically ricardo for the rest of the movie is taking that cue like stay focused stay the course bush keep driving like and and she kind of gives him that motivation to like no clear your head you need to, you got a job to do it's a really cool scene
0: i i totally agree that um the theatrical cut is the best but i do think that that scene with the yellow roses and then the scene in the cafe
1: oh, are so good
0: crucial for understanding tubs and understanding what's motivating him and like when he is more cautious versus when um Crockett is not and um you know just like how serious it's it is for him. Um and I think that like that the 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 sex scene and the shower scene that we see like that establishes like the nature of their relationship. It's not just you know beautiful people having sex. It's like, no, we need to understand who these people are. And and then I think the scene with the flowers but and, we're allowed
1: um, to appreciate for this show exclusively. Uh, hot damn. Yeah. They are definitely beautiful people having sex. They are.
0: Thank you for the casting. (laughs) casting.
1: (laughs) Thank you for the casting. Thank you for the casting. Thank you, Um, Uncle Man.
0: Yeah. Um, But, you know, it never feels icky. Like, I think what you said, you know, that you kind of get a little, like, shy. I think that comes from the intimacy. I think that comes from, like, feeling like you're actually witnessing two people, like, love each other and being like, oh, I shouldn't, like, look at this because this is, like, a private moment, um, But yeah, I love. I, and and you know what's interesting about the, I, I think if you listen to the director's commentary, he says that that was like a real move that those uh, drug dealers would do, those drug kingpins would do, is like send flowers and like do those kinds of intimidation tactics um, to just fuck people up and uh, it, like uh, mentally.
1: I, I would strongly recommend if you haven't, like we're gonna tell you to watch this movie ten thousand times, like throughout right. the course of this show, but. That scene, those scenes, Michael Mann's explanation of like the interview that he did with a real undercover operative that had essentially this thing happen that inspired the scene in the movie, is some of the most chilling stuff you're ever going to hear. Like to imagine that you're undercover and like this guy was a real asset, he was undercover and not his fake mother, not his fake girlfriend, his real mother received right flowers from your friends in the south, like basically going, I can penetrate all of your false stuff and i can find out who you are and if you don't deliver for me you're you're in deep trouble and and like really great it's it's so cool it's that that whole thing is so great um
0: yeah we should make like a syllabus of like extraneous materials like like you have to watch the the commentary you have to watch roadhouse (laughs)
1: roadhouse you have to watch roadhouse um Um, you've got to watch point break
0: point break i also like i would suggest have you ever seen like the cocaine cowboys documentaries
1: yes yes Which like are-
0: those are very 80s but i also think that they like really inform just like the world i think that michael mann was thinking about and then and then it, especially when the tv show was being developed and that he wanted to be you know he wanted it to be a movie at that time but like Shit was fucking crazy.
1: Like, but you're crazy. you're you're right about the second. When you look at the second cocaine cowboys, like yeah. when you truly see what the global footprint of this business is, I think that that's where you start to take the steps towards what Michael Mann's talking about, really in yes. Miami Vice in two thousand and six. Because it's like the first one, like it's crazy, but it feels like it's focused. Whereas like yeah. the second one, it's like, oh no, the whole world buys this shit. <laughs> right, like, right. The whole world is in on this and i love that i think it's i think it's really uh, but i think a miami vice syllabus is is gonna have to come together
0: <laughs> yeah we're
1: gonna share it amongst each other and then once it's ready it'll be on oneheatminute.com in our blog there'll be a syllabus there we'll update it with new yeah. suggestions and soundtrack and we suggestions
0: should, is this not it will, my mandy Moore, please will be on there um
1: respect to mandy Moore record. where she's
0: at <laughs> for, <laughs> for the official record but then we'll, we should link to like Bilga's pieces oh. and Brendan's pieces yeah, yeah, and
1: Brendan. Like Jacob yeah. Knight, Jacob Knight, another yeah. guy's written a great piece. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure we add that whole curriculum there so everyone's got like where we're at.
0: And didn't someone send us like someone from Argentina was gonna like tip us off about like? <laughs> Wait,
1: I'm finding it.
0: <laughs> what, so, what?
1: We, oh, and we had an oh, amazing three. piece of correspondence <laughs> that I'm going to go and find right now that like made our week. So we're going to go find it. i go quickly we find take it back
0: tips. Oh, we, find we take tips. Find me on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> we take tips. We're going to get oh all the, all the, um, BTS all the behind the scenes that we can take. We will, we will take. We'll take anonymous tips. Uh, you know, we'll take anything that we can get. But apparently, it's, Colin Farrell was was wiling out in uh, Buenos Aires. Posts. Uh,
1: we've we've got reports, um, which I'll reports find. Reports have come in. <laughs> re, re, reports have come into the show about the fact that it was uh, parts of the movie were shot in the Dominican Republic, and then also because they are based in South America, different places in South America were taking place. You know, we're, were shooting locations for other you know taking taking stock of that
0: and there was was it montevideo
1: montevideo that's right and and the the buenos aires became a holiday and potentially party destination so i'm just going to go and find because we had a report come in that there are some stories of colin farrell at the time of miami vice partying with none other than diego maradona speaking of cocaine cowboys And we even got a picture come in. Ah, here it is. Wait,
0: was that who that was?
1: Yes. So it is at uh, E-L-M-E-T-A-L-E-S-A-S-I. So Elmetalesasi. I don't know if, uh, if I'm pronouncing that completely butchering it. I'm so sorry. They just go by J in their bio. And this is exactly what came through to us, which is Colin Farrell with blonde hair at the time of Miami Vice is kissing Diego Maradona on the mouth in a photo, by the way, this is, this is from Jay uh, uh, from that Twitter handle I just quoted on the 15th of May. By the way, Montevideo doubled for Havana in, my, for Havana oh. in Miami Vice. Farrell spent some, um, some, hit, some nights off in Buenos Aires. His party trail is legendary. I think he met Maradona. He finished and went straight to rehab. Then, like three tweets later, is a photo, which will be in this episode, of him kissing Diego Maradona. It is unbelievable and we've already said we need the colin party report so that that great and that's
0: the party report
1: <laughs> that that might be a whole episode the party report of colin farrell yes. for this show but i i, I outstanding outstanding
0: oh absolutely. i love it uh oh wait we're totally off what we we're talking about which was what like we talking re- about
1: serious we're relationships about
0: serious relationships and beautiful sex scenes absolutely stunning sex scenes but I just quickly before we don't talk about this but um I I really do love the scene the trip to Havana I love (laughs) the trip to Havana I'm imagining Rob and Steve (laughs) (laughs) Rob Brydon and we need
1: we need Um, we need the trip to Havana but
0: uh no I
1: we need it actually my dad
0: used to go to Cuba um before it was open he would like he would like yeah, so my dad would it like sneak into really? Cuba. Yes, and he he would. Um, he said the food was horrible. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's communist communist Cuba. Like they didn't have a lot, but yeah, he said the food was horrible. But yeah, so he would sneak in all the time. He's been like six times. My whole family's been to Cuba many times, except for me, and it's absolute torture that I haven't been. But
1: post ISO post ISO goals.
0: I know, seriously. When I can get on a plane again, uh, my ass is going straight to Cuba. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really do enjoy the scene, the sequence of them their weekend together. Um, mm. And it, it's so vibes, it's so mood, it's so atmosphere. It's just like I don't really give a shit what they're talking about. I just want to like look at them and like. <laughs> but yeah. I do the sex scene that they have is it, it's, it's shot the same way, but Chris Cornell say. is wailing <laughs> his ass off. And I'm just,
1: like. <laughs> I was watching that today and I'm like, so, you know, it leads up. It's got all this great motivation, you know, um, the
0: dancing.
1: Ma- the dancing. I want to get it right because Michael Mann talked about it. He, he called it medlist syndrome, which is like something that happens um, at which you guys can Google. Like you can, figure it out for yourselves, but it's called medalist syndrome. And it's basically undercover people who get to this point where they think that they're like Teflon when they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. And so the whole motivation of the scene is like, I wanted to get to a guy who just negotiated something who'd won. Like they'd stolen the drugs. They gave it back to them they negotiated the second deal. So all these things in his head, like these little dopamine rushes incentivize him to like, all right, I'm going to go after this chick, even though I don't know if she's actually the boss's girl. Like he, at this stage, he doesn't really know what the hell their relationship is. and, There's all that motivation, but, but the second they get in that boat, it's just, like you said, it is just mood and tension and electricity. And they are just like, you know, it's forget the dialogue. It's the, it's the cinching of a seatbelt it's the right. it's 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 watching this these glorious shots you know there's this hilarious moment in this in the commentary track and michael Mann's like 70 miles an hour in a boat is fast and like <laughs> it happens at the same time the boat is like streaming through the water. you're like yeah 70 miles an hour is fast in a like really fast and so on a car <laughs> in a car it's fast but on the water this thing's <laughs> like flying through the air and he's like oh that's colin driving And you're like, oh my God, like Colin Farrell's driving that boat. But it's, you know, from a crazy technical and like tangible bit. But like when you just get back into the mood of the movie and you forget what it is, it's like their connection there. And then then body's moving and she looks amazing. She's in this gorgeous dress. He's just sipping a mojito, like doing as I'm doing, like taking lime out of his mustache every five (laughs) seconds in this show. And he's, you know, it's a good mojito. Yeah. Do you dance? And then the dancing happens and it's just like, There's just weird things that happen, like, in that scene, usually choices with a director. uh, You know, fabrics tend to be something that you always want to look perfect. You don't want to see them stretch or, like, go around. But, like, it's super attractive in this weird way of, like, seeing Colin Farrell's jacket, like, bend and, like, move with his dance moves. And you see her, like, uh, uh, her shoulder strap slip down. It's just these great, like, little touches that Michael Mann keeps in. And it's like... uh, it's all about this like tangible experience of those two making this connection. And it's so great. And it's so powerful. And then you get to this needle drop of Chris Cornell. And I like, He's I nearly like, cried. Whoa. I nearly cried. I nearly cried laughing. <laughs> Cause I just thought about you. I'm like, Oh, Katie would hate this needle drop so <laughs> much. It's not, it's not I like, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it.
0: I love Chris Cornell. I, I love Chris Cornell. I think he's amazing. Like, I, I adore Soundgarden, but like all those, like just watching, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say it. Like, just like him, like, just like counterwalling over them, like, you know, over their sex scene. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is just like, it's just like two 2006 for me. <laughs>
1: yeah it's 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 a big it's a big two thousand six audio slave mood um because collateral is <laughs> yeah. like got that great needle drop from audio slave in it and you're like oh great and then this is all like brand new stuff that even comes out before their third. I was like, I think it coincides with their third album or second album or something like that. But like, I just remember like when I, when I watched it originally, I loved it, but now I think you've started to like, you've like, you've, you've, sorry, termi- you've termited into my brain. So now when I hear it, I'm like, Oh, this is bad. But I poisoned it's, the well. Oh, you poisoned it. But <laughs> It's it like, it's, you know, forgetting the needle drop. It's a great scene, and what man's trying to convey, and I think they do it really well. I don't know if they do it as well just in like the intimacy because the intimacy still feels like super passionate and super spontaneous yeah. and super crazy. But it's when he's talking to her about like this is what my dad did in a bar, when yeah. they're together. That scene is so electric to me. Like, I, like I've actually got it for, for freeze framed on my TV. Like right now, as we've been talking, and is that the
0: postcoital?
1: The postcoital chat I where they're love just like chatting. That scene In the bar. is out Love. of control good.
0: So and good. Obsessed. Because,
1: because they talk and it's so like natural and then they go, like they kind of forget themselves and then they go, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And then he's like, well, what, you know, we're already out on the edge. Let's stay here, basically. I'm pa- completely paraphrasing, but it's right. just, it's, it's that, that energy of those two having that connection There's nothing sexier in the world. Like, you want to go and wear linen and have a together with someone you care about in a a bar in Havana.
0: I think there's, like, a a shot towards the end, like, where they're just sort of, like, standing outside the little house or, like, condo. And you're just like, yeah, oh, God, like, transport. Maybe it's just isolation, but I'm just like, (laughs) take me there to the balcony by the sea with Colin Farrell's mustache. But what's... um,
1: in the, I can't remember if it's in theatrical. I've got to have a look at it again because sometimes the lines blur between both. Yeah. But there's yeah. a moment where she takes him a cup of coffee. It's just before they go to the bar, actually.
0: She okay, takes him a cup yeah. of coffee
1: up the stairs. And it's like her grandmother or someone is like her old, old grandmother's there. And like when you realize that she's taken him to her like family home, that's yeah. where you're like, oh, I don't know if this, I don't know if they realize how serious this is. And then the intimacy keeps going after the nighttime. And then they're just, you know almost scared to like even let go of grasping each other it just is such it's an electric it's an electric scene and you just you, you just want to run away with it it's so great
0: you know what i think is interesting if you like put put the two relationships if you like juxtapose them it's like the trudy um tubbs relationship is is so real it's like grounded he's like Mm. We work together. You live in the same city that I live in. Like, uh, I'm actually scared for your safety and this is going to motivate me to like continue doing a good job. Um, and then the Tubbs Isabella relationship is just pure fantasy. And I think the way that he shoots both of these things and presents them to us and is like, Oh my, like, like you just want to go on that crazy Cuban weekend. And it, it really has that vibe of like stealing away with like, uh boyfriend or girlfriend and 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 um you know that like where you're just like i don't even know what the reality of the world is anymore i'm not even connected to it and like he starts suggesting these like crazy things to her and you're just like the balls on this guy um but you and, know it's like and, it's and fantasy and he, land. He,
1: but he tries there's a like i, I totally agree because it is that's what's so fun about it it is fantasy land and then there's a couple of moments where he starts to get a grip on what reality is again And he starts to suggest like what happens after Fantasyland, And he's like, you should try and get out. And you're like, Oh my God. Like, it's so stressful because you're like, you need to stop talking. You need to stop (laughs) talking to her right now because you're digging a hole that is, and and it's fortunate that it's with Isabella. So she's kind of got this haze of like this new relationship haze over her. But it's like, if you let anyone see the cracks in what you're suggesting, to her right now, they are immediately gonna smell that you're like smell blood in the water that you are a cop or something's wrong. Because like it's that whole thing that Jose can get from him is that there's something wrong. And 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 I just in those scenes, you know, it's that it's that great thing in like cool rewatchable movies that you've seen a million times and you're just like telling characters that you love to not do the things that define them over and over again. You're like, oh please don't do that. But the thing that does, you love it. I love that whole Bit where he starts to like go, oh shit! I need to actually switch my brain back on here instead of just thinking with my heart. But that, that's not who he is, and that's not who the relationship is. It's like that's, right,
0: it's and it's that's a, where you a, get the sense that you're like, oh, he's like confused about not confused, but like he's getting in too deep, and he's like blurring the lines between both roles in both directions. Yeah. And he like doesn't. He's like starting to lose his grip on this like dual thing that he's doing. Um, but yeah. And then, and then I do just, I mean this, that when he comes back to Miami is just Ugh. the greatest thing of all, like we were making moves on each other. Like he's uh, like, Oh, you had to make a move on the boss's mo- girl. We're making I, moves uh, on each other. That's
1: that's, that is because, because I love Jamie Foxx's tubs is like deadly serious. Yes, like, He's like, you're making moves on the boss's woman. We're making moves on each other. And he's just like, I'll fucking, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Are you serious? There's just such like the the turn of his voice, the tone, it's just the best. We're making moves on each other. And even just when he calls him and he's like, I'm on my way back. Right. Like, no, you're in trouble. Like that's I'm in trouble with my best mate. Right. You know, like you said, the walk of shame in a go fast boat, 90 miles that's through the go ocean. Fast,
0: walk of shame. <laughs> and <laughs> you know <laughs> to, to your point about like sort of like the perfection of like outfit like the, like oh do we want to see someone's bra strap fall off do we want to see that like I noticed that like when he gets out of the boat his whole shirt is covered in sweat which yeah. obviously makes sense because he's been sitting in the boat and like obviously he's wearing linen and he's gonna sweat but I'm like yeah that like that that just adds like the tiniest layer of like this guy just drove back like it, it just makes me feel like there's not a wardrobe person like putting a fresh shirt on him like it's like the real thing he's like sweaty and just jumping out of the boat and going and doing and, his thing
1: and his hair is windswept because Michael Mann right. probably made him drive around like do laps around outside of this house <laughs> like that's in southern yes. Florida in the boat to like a get a sweat and b look windswept and so when he comes back in it's all perfect like I got to have a shower i got to like smarten up, we're gonna go see Fujima. Like A A they're gonna go see Fujima, B, they're about to see their boss. And so it's like twofold. I've got to actually have myself I gotta have my shit together and I can't just, you know, and now like what's so funny in the context of the story in that moment also is like how much has happened. Like you think about it like there's these two couple of cops, their crew, they've now like they're in the in the depths of like an international drug, you know, smuggling conspiracy and it's so crazy what's happened. But like, I love that his big thing is, you're making moves on my toy's girl. <laughs> like,
0: I know. Well, like, I mean, that's other. like, gonna, yeah, that's gonna screw their asses very badly uh, if it gets out. But um, this is also the the point of the movie where they just, I'm like, I'm a, dumb child but like they keep just talking they're just like they just keep being like the loads gotta get the loads and they're just like loads 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 loads. and i'm just like loads they said loads
1: (laughs) this is your beavis and butthead moment stop saying loads we're gonna go in another load and you're like oh god just stop talking can we use another word guys (laughs) i've been in ISO for way too long if you guys say load one more time i'm out (laughs) I'm stopping this podcast. I'm out of this movie. It's done.
0: Like, Maybe I've just been watching the movie too much, but I'm like, <laughs> you sure say loads a lot. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm like a dumb 12-year-old boy. <laughs> that is my brain capacity.
1: <laughs> That's You're on the right show. I'm with you. I'm right with you.
0: God, no! I can't stop laughing. Oh, my God. But, you
1: know, that, like I, I think – and the next like the next scene is um I actually I can't decide what I like more, and I don't know if I like this scene the most i I think I toggle between when Trudy sees um Sonny and Isabella together for the first time, when they mm-hmm. go to Jose's disco and she's dancing and they're watching him dance. And she sees them and she's like, this idiot's in love with her. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a problem. (laughs) Like she kind of like, that's what's so great about Naomi Harris. She's like, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't need to say anything. But both girls, Gina and Naomi in that scene, they're like, that's a problem. That's going to be bad news. And that whole thing of like, I don't know, she she doesn't tell Tubbs. But like, I don't know if she tells him or she doesn't want to distract him. And especially in the director's definitive cut, like it makes sense that she's like, I'm not going to, I don't really want to add this another wrinkle into your he's Like concern. he's
0: stressed out enough.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to kind of pace myself. <laughs> I'm going to pace yeah. myself with the feedback. Um, but I, I think I genuinely love that idea that she's just like, this is a bad idea. This is going to be a big problem. But we just kind of, we're so deep that if we, if I try and break it up, it's going to cause a rift between those guys. It's going to cause a disruption to the team. It's going to be something wrong. So like, I kind of have to suck it up, but I love her awareness in that moment. She's like looking over it and she's like, oh, just like she was in that first scene. She's like, oh, this is going to be a big problem. This is going to be really bad. This is going to end badly. And yes, it's, it's really, it's really terrific.
0: is that is that the scene where Jose sees them?
1: Yeah, it's the same scene.
0: That's like she, so she, terrifying. She, where like he's just like his like it keeps getting closer, and then it's just like close ups of like hands and dancing and like and it's just and like hips, his face and hips then it,
1: and backs and hands and twists, and then him just looking with this absolutely laser focus like this is like whatever she has done in the past to get clients and do this and play silly mm. there's there's something more serious between these two
0: yeah it's it's big trouble um also i, I and you know and he's a disco man so this is really
1: <laughs> we've got a whole episode um, there might be five episodes dedicated to that one line um there might be also
0: i realized in our in our episode where we talk about that i Butchered the line like forty thousand times, where I said, <laughs> "I love disco tech." No, he says, "I'm a disco man." I'm a disco uh, man. So yeah, uh, that that is.
1: Well, that's that why we've got this show, Katie, so, so we can mess up the lines every week, and then people edit, can correct right, us
0: eventually. <laughs> I'm gonna get so it. There.
1: After about twenty, 20-
0: say, say uh, that in such a terrifying way. I'm a disco
1: man. I'm a disco man. <laughs> i um, there is something like you know um what do directors and casting agents say they're like once I've got the cast, making a movie is easy like and you and, and you re- and you think about like so many movies that don't deserve to be as good, have great casts, and you're like, this doesn't deserve to be this good, but it's amazing, like they're just like across the board, every single person, and John Ortiz is a guy who's like. He's batting 25,000 every movie that he's in, like even small things. And so those little stupid lines that should be throwaways are just loaded like shotguns. Like he gives the line and you're like, it's so delicious the way that he sounds and it's great. But then you're like, this guy will kill every person in this room. He doesn't give a crap. He's ready to kill everyone here. So good. I love that whole scene because it's like just another, that's the whole thing is like, and why I think I love Trudy's hyper-awareness of what is happening in that scene is like, this idiot's in love with this girl who's really the boss's girl, but also this other guy is clearly obsessed with her and we're in this guy's place mm-hmm. in another country. None of this is good. Like, none of yeah. where this is going is is where we want to be right now. It's so... But, like, it all plays into those two key relationships. They work so well.
0: Right, and I, I don't think the movie would work as well as it did if we didn't believe those two relationships and so i I think like the the groundwork that he lays that man lays in terms of just being like yes you believe these people are in love with each other but not just in love with each other like care for each other like want to make sure this person lives like you need all of that groundwork and that's why i think like the, the the flower scene and the cafe scene is like something that totally could have gone into the um, theatrical cut because I think it is crucial storytelling. Um, you can tell now- that
1: that you can almost tell, I feel like that's the itch. You know, he talks about like, oh, this is my revised version a few months after a theatrical release. You can tell that almost that scene or those two scenes, sorry, yes. are almost the reason for the revision. Cause totally. once you add those, there's other little bits and pieces you can add, you know, right. it, but, but I think with that scene, it's like, that actually gives weight cause I feel like this is like the Tubbs cut. Yeah, totally. The theatrical version is the Crockett cut. So it's the, the Colin Farrell cut and this, the, the entire revision, which is why I guess you love it so much. And why I think that they both absolutely deserve to exist is mm-hmm. it's the Tubbs cut. It's like the one that yeah. actually gives him those crucial motivations. And you're like, for some people who are like, man, I wish I had some more Tubbs. Like he's so great. Jamie yeah. Foxx is outstanding. Like he just crushes every scene he's in, but it's the one where you're like, man, That cafe scene is such a a hugely Michael Mann scene. It's like it's got all of his history back to Thief. He loves a coffee shop scene where people are downloading about the motivations, basically telling you what is important in the whole story. Like he loves a coffee shop scene like that. And that is a signature scene. And then that, that detail of this bad guy is so bad and he knows exactly where you are at any time of the day or night. They are two huge things for a movie whose major villain is on screen. Would he be on screen for four minutes for the whole movie?
0: Uh, Montoya. Yeah. Montoya. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's like 10 max. Like
1: five to 10 10 minutes maximum that he's on scene. So like, yeah, that, that's such a, like a, I know where you are always. So even when you're not watching, he knows where you are. So cool.
0: Yeah. Do we need to touch at all on the limo scene?
1: I think we do, but maybe it deserves its own
0: (laughs) episode. It's own thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm like,
0: like, I I know this is going to come up again. It's not going to go uncovered.
1: Yeah. So just like, maybe we can just like (laughs) glance on it, but like, it's, it's such a, it's a, it's that, I I, I almost want to do like a whole episode on just, that sequence of like when they meet up and they do like that whole Jose I'm a disco guy like all that stuff I want to do that whole maybe that's a whole episode where we just talk about that sequence of time in the the movie because I just love like it's like you know it's one of those acts of the movie where all the stakes and all these things are converging and everyone's there and all the players are there together at the same time and everything's getting ratcheted up and the tension's getting ratcheted up but everyone's still having fun it's like everyone's right. still having a really good time and it's all about to go to hell. And so I, I kind of maybe want to do that okay, as a Let's thing, do that.
0: Let's plan on that. Cause I love let's, that let's, idea. Let's, Cause there's so much good shit
1: in so that. Much good.
0: And there's and so it's so good. funny because it's just like, what is it? Like 20, 10 minutes, like in the, just in the middle of the movie. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, uh, it, there's so many, there's so much going on, Blake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh i want to talk about it all. now so much also <laughs> we will accept confessionals of people who saw this movie and who have closed the window for where their driver is in a limo and had ravenous sex in the back we really like i'm in i'm in if you want to privately DM us, let us know but if you were influenced by this movie to do that with a partner please get in touch because i think that that's perfect uh fodder for it for that yeah. whole ten minutes,
0: we, we take party reports. We take <laughs> confessions. Um, you will be kept anonymous. Yeah. Always. So.
1: Always. Uh, we keep our sources anonymous on One Heat Minute Productions, and um, <laughs> but we will read all of your floridly delivered <laughs> confessions. Yes, I mean,
0: if you want to send like, you know, like a whole, uh, I'll read it. I, I might <laughs> laugh, but I'll read it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We'll both read it.
1: I'm not kidding. <laughs> Bail at oneheatminute.com is where you can email us at any time, or we'll find Katie and I in our DMs. Slide right in there. Limo confessionals is the hashtag. Um, and uh, and uh, if, <laughs> if you
0: I don't know, have any limo confessionals, I don't either.
1: I don't either. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, oh, do I have a limo? No, I don't. Well, that's a failure. That's a failure. For, by, by the time this show ends. And by the time this isolation ends, we both need a limo confessional. Maybe in like two years. In like two years. But <laughs> the show's like for two years. but like, okay, this is our actual limo confessionals. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jesus. Too funny. This has All been right. a banger. This has been a banger yes. talking to you. We tried to be serious. We really tried for like five minutes. We
0: try and we fail. But <laughs> it's okay.
1: Fine. We will get there. We'll get there. <laughs> this has been another episode of Miami Nice. Thank you so much. Following us, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at one blank minute, Katie. I'm at Katie Walsh STX. And if you hashtag Miami Nice and tag us in, we'll talk to you on Twitter. But we love all of your reports, all of your chatter, and we're gonna have some guests soon yes. uh, amazing crew of guests that are lining up to chat with us. So we're gonna have some people are
0: clamoring, soon. people are clamoring.
1: We have, we have, they
0: love this movie and they are pissed that we haven't asked them yet. And we, we are in the process. <laughs>
1: We will get all those folks who are pissed and some of them who are already buying blazers. You're in. Okay. You will be in. We can't wait to talk to you. This show is not going anywhere soon. It's not like a short run. We're going to keep this going because we're having too much fun doing it. And we're going to talk to all those guests. We're going to talk soundtracks. We're going to talk coverage. We're going to talk the releases. We're going to talk to the people who loved this movie from the outset. We want to talk to those folk. We're going to talk to needle drops. We're gonna do a whole soundtrack episode, which may not even be able to be allowed to be video because YouTube will just kick us kick the episode off. So we're gonna we're gonna do all that stuff. We can't <laughs> wait, and uh, we can't wait to be back with you uh, very soon.
0: <laughs> Listen, send us like money or something, and I'll just like Zoom watch <laughs> a movie with you and talk shit about the needle drops. Like I'll do that. <laughs>
1: look. look. If you go, if you if you see every episode, there is a donation link that you can do. I'll make sure I put that on there. And if you, you wanted to, and look, if you really want a live watch, we can do that. We yeah, can do a live yeah, watch. Yeah. We might we set can do up a live o-
0: commentary, yeah.
1: Okay, after this, after this episode drops, which will be a Friday Australian time, which will be like late evening Thursday, the US time. um, when this episode drops, you can check it out. If you're into it, Katie and I, like a week or so later after this episode drops, we'll organize a live commentary session and we'll do it for the theatrical cut and the director's cut if you want, or both, whichever. We'll figure it out, but we'll be into it.
0: Yes. This movie begs for commentary. All right. Cheers, buddy.
1: Cheers, dude. See you soon.
0: See you soon.